Hey everyone, and welcome to this episode of Coffee with Jesus. The title for today's message is simply Your Three. When it comes to the life of Jesus, we don't like to think that he had favorites, but it definitely seems as though Jesus had his closest three companions that he trusted more than the rest, and that he invested in more than the rest, and they were Peter, James, and John. So today, I'm going to ask about your three. Who are the people in your life that you are the most close to, that you invest in more than anyone else? If you're new to our podcast, welcome. For those of you that tune in week after week, thank you again for joining us. As far as possible, we release this podcast every Tuesday. And the point of this podcast is for you and I to grab a cup of coffee or tea or perhaps on the road to work or to drop your kids off at school. For some of us, maybe it's listening to this while you do some gym and just spending 10, 15 minutes together speaking about something that may help us become more like Jesus, something we see in his life or in some other part of scripture that's going to help us reflect him into our world. So again, today's the question, who are your three? Jesus had friends of different levels of intimacy. Jesus regularly retreated with Peter, James, and John. First, let's talk about who these men were. Peter was a fisherman who dropped everything to follow Jesus. James and John were brothers, the sons of Zebedee. We read this in Mark 3, verse 16 to 17, also known as the sons of thunder. We are not given a reason why Jesus chose these men to be his closest friends, but we do see that he does. He chooses them. The three of them showed incredible loyalty to Jesus from the outset by leaving it all and following Jesus. They didn't always get everything right and they argued about dumb stuff, but Jesus lent more into this relationship with these three than with anyone else apart from his heavenly father. Over the course of their friendship with Jesus, Peter, James, and John grow in their faith, in their trust, in so much. In Mark 5 verse 37, Jesus Jesus allowed Peter, James, and John to witness the resurrection of a little girl. Then he, as it says in the passage, strictly charged them that no one should know. Following that event, Jesus brought the three up to a mountain where he transfigured into a glorified state. And again, he charges them to tell no one what they had seen in Mark 9 verse 9. There was this increasing trust that grew between these four men that resulted in a greater bond and deeper intimacy. They saw things that no one else got to see. They were a part of miracles that no one else was a part of. Then in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus specifically asks these three men to watch over him as he cries out to his heavenly father in agony. Jesus, the son of God, needed close friends. The savior cultivated close relationships. Jesus gave these men access to his identity, his power, his pain, trusting that they would keep his confidence, that they would be for him. He wasn't without other options either. It wasn't like these were the only three he could choose. He had the rest of the 12 who had all chosen to follow Jesus at personal cost. There was a group of about 70 believers who followed Jesus closely, out of whom, again, Jesus could have chosen more. There was the crowd who followed Jesus. And in each of these spaces, he could have chosen other people, but he stuck with Peter, James, and John. He chooses these three. If you are chosen by Jesus, that must mean you're, you, you are pretty decent people. However, man, they argued about who was better. They commented on who won a foot race to the tomb. They consistently misunderstood what Jesus was actually saying. And especially Peter, they kept saying the wrong things at the wrong time. We all have one friend like this. But Jesus chose three of them to be in his closest circle. Peter, James, and John were Jesus's BFFs. Why? Why did he choose them? 
Maybe they got on better than the rest and there was a natural chemistry between the four of them. Perhaps it was because they had been around since the beginning of Jesus' ministry. Perhaps it was because Jesus had a special plan for them. Whatever the reason, we know Jesus, the Son of God, made flesh, needed to lean on these three relationally more than anyone else. If that's true, if Jesus, the one who rebuked devils, who healed the sick, who walked on water and turned water into wine, that Jesus, if he needed a circle of three close friends, it begs two very important questions. Number one, who is in your circle? I know we hear this often, but it bears repeating. Who you hang with determines who you become. Your closest friends are going to shape who you are. The people closest to you will impact what you do with your life. We get that. It's been said so often uh, and, it, and it's been preached on. But what I think is equally true is the fact that when we have no one, we can only ever become more of who we are right now. Think about those two things together. If you have people in your life, you will naturally become more like them. But if you, be, if you have no one in your life, you can only ever become more of who you are. We don't grow. We don't develop. We don't become more of who Jesus is. So choosing the wrong three might take you in the wrong direction. But equally, choosing no one will lead to stagnation. And we don't want either of those situations. We don't want to go in the wrong direction, and we don't want to stagnate. What do we see with Jesus? Jesus chose people who he was comfortable walking with. He chose people he felt could see the real him. He chose people who he could lean on for prayer and support. When you look at your three, it should be similar. They should be people you can chill out with, that you can just go on walks with. They are not colleagues. They are not bosses. Or These are people you can just be with. They are not acquaintances. Your three need to be people you can do the simple things of life with and simply enjoy one another's company. These are the kind of people you can drive in silence with and it's not awkward. They should be people you are comfortable being completely vulnerable with. There's been a lot of research done recently on vulnerability and its importance in leadership, but it is equally vital in friendships. If you aren't comfortable being 100% vulnerable with someone, that's not the end of the world, but it does mean they probably are not going to be in your three. Lastly, can you trust these people to love and support you when you need them to? And so just as Jesus was vulnerable with these people, just as Jesus was uh, walked with them and journeyed with them and lent on them, we need to ask a question. Do we have that kind of friend in our world? A bit of a disclaimer. No one is going to be the perfect friend. Jesus got frustrated with these three. I'm sure he had moments with Peter, James, and John where he rethought their relationships. But at the end of the day, they were his three. Don't expect from people what you wouldn't want people to expect of you. I'm going to say that again. Don't expect from others what you wouldn't want other people to expect from you. No one is going to be perfect. No friend can do it all and be it all. But what we need is we need a group of people in our world that we can lean on and that they can lean on us, which brings us to the second thing. If the first thought is who's in my circle, the second thought is whose circle of three am I in? This is equally important. Whose circle of three are you in? We can very easily slip into the idea that this is all about me and my circle, the people I need, the people who need to back me up, the people who need to support me and pray for me. But in actual fact, we also need to step up on behalf of others as well. So not only is it important to have a circle, but it's also important to be someone else's circle. Often 
the the people in your circle will also be the people whose circle you are in. And that's fine. That's perfect. Often, I would say almost nine times out of 10, that's true, is that the people you lean on then can naturally lean on you. But here's a question. How can we be a good friend to another person so that they can lean on us? What do we maybe need to think about? Well, number one, check your capacity. Do you have enough time, energy, et cetera, to be there for another person? If not, maybe your schedule is too full. Check your perspective. When you look at this person, do you see potential? Do you love them? Or do you only see their faults and their history? In order for you to be part of their three, you need to be able to look past their shortcomings and see their potential. So check your capacity, check your perspective, and check your expectations. Do you expect them to follow everything you say and do? Do you look down on them and see them as inferior, expecting them to follow you and obey your suggestions completely? I think we need to just manage our expectations. Do you expect people in your three to, to, to back you even when you are sinning? That's not necessarily what your three is there for. Bottom line is many of us listening to this podcast probably know this stuff intuitively. We know the stuff. We've heard sermons on this. We've heard other podcasts maybe talking about your tribe or your three. For many of us, the issue is not what we know, but what we do with what we know. You know this. There's so much in your life where you know what's right, and yet the difficulty is not knowing it, it's doing it. Many of us listening today get all of this, and yet we still live in a vacuum of good, life-giving friendships. Many people, especially in big cities, are finding it more and more difficult to make real friends, even though digitally we are more connected than ever. And from a research perspective, we have more knowledge about this than ever. And so think about this. In a world where we have more access to people, we are connected to more people, and we know more about the benefits of friendship, many of us are struggling to find one, two, or three real friends. Now, these people may be your family, but I'm actually asking us to look a little bit broader than our familial connections. Who are your friends? Who do you lean on, and who can lean on you? Who is your three? So as we close, my prayer for you and I today is simply this. If Jesus prioritized, lent into, developed relationships with three people, might it be time we invested some time and energy into the similar thing? Who can you invest into today? Who can you ask to be part of your inner circle? I know as, a, as an introvert, this might be daunting to you. As an extrovert, you might think only three. But what if we started there and said, I'm going to pour my life and expect others to pour their life into me, and we're going to create a group of three. My prayer is that as you go through this week, God will begin to reveal those people to you. If you've got those people in your life already this week, would you just celebrate them and thank them for being who they are to you? God, I want to thank you that you've designed us to be in relationship with one another. And so today, for each and every single one of us listening, would we press into these kinds of relationships? We pray this in Jesus' name. Have a phenomenal week, everybody. We will see you same time, same place next week. 